Hello and welcome to AFL by Dummies, the only show where we are actually anti-review system because we know if there was a review system for our show here, the review, well, it'd be pretty poor ratings, honestly. It couldn't, probably couldn't be any worse than the review system with the AFL at the moment, but, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty self-aware here that it'd be quite low. Now, you're probably all wondering why I'm starting the show. Well, fun fact, Alex is actually going to Europe for eight weeks, so I get to host the show, but... I get a new co-host who's going to do a much better job than Alex, I'm sure. Kreezer, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm not going too badly. It's uh, it's nice to have someone who has a bit more professionalism than Alex. Okay, I'm just, <laughs> just going to make it clear. I am going to be shredding on Alex for the next eight weeks, so why not start early? It's been a big week in football, Yes, Kreezer. it has. Yes, it has. Uh, what's your highlight for the week? Um, so my highlight is a guy by the name of Jack McRae. Pretty good player. Yeah, pretty, really good player, Western Bulldogs. He started this year amazing and hasn't uh, hit a foot wrong since then. Um, if you've uh, have if you've watched the Bulldogs play, especially last week, he was the reason they won, uh, best on ground by far. And if we look at his stats, he is ranked seventh in total inside fifties, and he's ranked third in total disposals across 2018, which is huge for someone uh, who was basically unknown in the elite footballer circles of last year. Yeah, he's one of the few bright lights for the Bulldogs this year. It's been yeah. a pretty bad year all around. Like, most of the players haven't improved, but he's one of the players that's really elevated himself. He's third in disposals, and he's behind Rory Laird and Tom Mitchell. So, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. any yeah. other year, he's probably he's first. first yeah. The poor guy. Um, my highlight for the week has to be, it was at the Richmond Frio game. Don't worry, I'm not going to say the result. I'm not that <laughs> far ahead of myself. No, there was a pigeon that uh, got in the way of Brandon Matera's uh, set <laughs> shot the other day. Life. It was coming in, and then the pigeon stand in front and then flew off and it was just that summed up Freo's day so perfectly like they tried like kudos to them like they tried really hard but just nothing was going their way rampant Richmond side run over them oh, and just so we can uh, let everyone know Kreezer is a Sydney fan yes so uh, I mean now I can be worried as a Richmond fan. I've never been worried about the Saints with uh, Alex, <laughs> which has always been a nice thing, but a uh, Sydney fan here. Now, Tom, you're going to start off this week with a joke. Yes. So what made you laugh this week? So, um, well, I don't know if this is a f- funny. I think I might have to take like a little more serious note to this. Uh, okay. Like, yeah. when I say funny, like, yeah. you know but, how Alex and but, I use funny yeah. around here. But uh, before the show, I got some uh, leaked insider information. Um, so this is the new AFL by Dummies news desk, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this <laughs> is intrigued. a news statement. So we've got some stunning news here. The AFL has filed a missing persons uh, report. <laughs> In a statement made today, Gillam McLaughlin has expressed serious concern pleading the public to find their own child, the GWS Giants. (laughs) They have been missing for a while. They they just didn't turn up on uh, Friday night. I'm sure you've got more to say about it. Around 10pm on Friday night, the AFL's child was seen running away from its home and its responsibility as the flag (laughs) favourite. 
<laughs> oh my they're god. They're still no word on their whereabouts. Yeah, they're not the same old giants, are they? Like, And you're right, they are kind of are the child of the AFL, although I feel like Gold Coast is like... Ah, the, uh, the Gold Coast is the, the James Dean, the, the, re- the rebel child. Oh, it's like the stepbrother. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> wasn't actually born into the family, but they kind of like adopted them in and it just hasn't really worked so... <laughs> well for any of them. Um no, I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, but there, there's some other things there. So the AFL has ho- offered a hefty reward for anyone who finds them. Um, the reward is $21 million, priority draft picks, and a football academy that consistently produces high-class talents. <laughs> it is, consi- is rumoured that this is St Kilda's game plan for the next season is to just find GWS so they get all these things because their game plan isn't working at the moment. Oh, so it's like the, it's the master plan. Yeah. So if St Kilda find GWS, they're fine because they get $21 million and all this academy and all these priority draft picks. It's better than the tactic they're currently using. Yeah, true. Anything's better than what they're doing at the moment, to be honest. Uh, GWS and St Kilda drew a few weeks ago. Yeah, Does that did. mean they found each other? Yeah, I don't know maybe, what that means for the know. situation. Yeah. It may, may mean they crossed paths. Like in a movie, they crossed paths, but they never, like, knew, they never, like notice the fact they cross paths and then they'll come back at the end of the year and find each other. Oh, well, that's like a nice little love story when yeah. you think about it. Um, not much going right for either clubs at the moment. I really like that. That's a good start for you. Thanks. Uh, Fraser, um, I'm just going to throw a quick stat out there. A lot of talk has been going around recently of the state of the game and like there's been lots of talk about what they should do to improve it. My favourite has to be, um, side note, Nathan Buckley was um, talking about getting rid of the prior rule. <laughs> like just getting rid of it altogether. So any tackle where you held the ball in would be holding the ball. Yeah. What a great rule because uh, yeah. all rules from AFLX should be transferred to AFL, right? Because <laughs> AFLX was such a success. <laughs> Anyways, um, but there's been lots of talk about how you can change it, whether you put like key forwards that have to stay inside 50 um, or zones sort of thing, kind of like netball has. Oh, but yeah, like, uh, I just think it's a little over the top. Yeah. A lot of the problems this year has been like skill errors, like just, basic skill errors and but the main one for me has been um the set shot kicking it's just been woeful by just about every team this year but on sunday night we got a little hope and i didn't think it'd come from these two teams that we'd get hope for the state of the game brisbane and collingwood (laughs) provided me hope for afl like just quote that and like timestamp that somewhere. <laughs> that is actually ridiculous that I'm saying that. Um, at half time, it was ten goals zero to ten goals three. Oh, beautiful! So they'd had twenty three like shots on goal between the two of them. Like mm. Richmond against Frio nearly had that many shots by themselves, but people were talking about it being a scrappy game sort yeah, of yeah, thing yeah. because Richmond had kicked seven goals fifteen, and like. As soon as you start kicking accurately, like the game opens up because then you have more centre clearances, um, obviously because the ball travels yeah, back yeah. to the centre, less kickouts where the ball gets stuck inside someone's 50. Like, set shot goal kicking just might be the answer to it all. And like, well, it not was, if you're St Kilda, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. For, but like, to make the game look better, people just have to kick more accurately. It's pretty bad how these are professional athletes and they're missing consistently shots that they really should be making. I get there's a lot of pressure and it's a very big mental game. Yeah. But, like, it, I think it showed on the weekend. That was the best game of the round comfortably. Yeah, and it was definitely. Brisbane Collingwood. Yeah. Like, it showed that if you 
kick accurately for goal and you play smart and you give yourself better shots on target goal, not just like shots from the boundary, boundary line, but yeah. in the centre, yeah. that really opens up the game and makes it a really good spectacle to watch. So kudos to Brisbane and Collingwood. <laughs> oh, can't wow. believe I'm saying that. No, it's a kudos. throwback to 2003. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, kudos to both of them. It was a good uh, first round there. It's it's like I said before, it is nice dealing with someone a bit more professional than Alex. <laughs> I can't wait till Alex listens to this, by the way. And in the first one back, he's going to be like, well, you guys were just rude. <laughs> That's our goal, Cruiser. That's our goal for That's the next goal. eight weeks. Not for Richmond to, and Sydney to go 8 and 0, for uh, us to, you know, get Alex on notice. Anyways, it's time for my first joke. And I'm going to be talking about Essendon today. Oh, no. But in particular, I'm going to be talking about Essendon in the third quarters. So I don't know if you've heard it. Yeah. They haven't won a third quarter all year. What? So it, zero and seven. In third quarters. Okay. But particularly in the last three weeks, they've scored two goals in third quarters and conceded 15. Oh, okay. They were leading at halftime in a few of the games, and then they just got blown out in the third quarter. Yeah. So I've got a good old-fashioned list that just sums it up perfectly. That things that are more inspiring than Essendon in the third quarter, which is also known as the Premiership quarter. Um, so, the first one is uh, Alex on this show. He's actually more inspiring than Essendon, not comfortably, only just. <laughs> okay, good start. I, for- I forgot I had that <laughs> joke against him. I didn't need to rub it in in the segue into this, did I? Um, secondly, my love life. That that's a little more inspiring than this, and it's not going well at the moment whatsoever. There is no reason to have any faith whatsoever, but you can still have more faith than Essendon doing well in the third quarter. Uh, the third one, you'll like this one, Tom. Uh, Donald Trump. Yep, yep. He's just way more hey, inspiring. Hey, he almost solved the Korea conflict. Yes, so but like it's more faith, more faith. I guess that's kind of inspiring. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> we're going to move on from there because. Talking about Donald Trump being inspiring is just not the greatest thing I ever want to talk about. Um, people who repeatedly say we're all going to die one day. Uh, yeah. Like, the, like we're going to die one day. They're, they're more inspiring <laughs> than Essendon in the third quarter. Uh, at least they amount to something, you know. True. And the last one, you'll really like this one, the book 1984. Ah, oh, classic, classic. <laughs> that's way more inspiring. Um, you know, I feel like that's a very optimistic look on the yeah, future compared to, <laughs> say, an Essendon look on the future in the third quarter. At after. Do you think they need to change their approach at, at after? Well, I was going to say this, like, someone needs to check, like, the oranges they're eating at halftime. <laughs> like, this is Essendon we're talking about. We don't know what's in those oranges. In the past, it used to be enhancing, but it could be quite the opposite these days. Um, anyways. Oh, that's so funny. No one's really good. That's uh, my segment for today. I love Essendon. Uh, that goes in real, co- like, real, real good contrast for my stat. So my stat is about Richmond. And so we'll start with, you know that they're rank one in points per game and rank one in points against per game. Yeah, they have the best attack and the best defense in the game. What you don't know is they are rank one in goal assist per game. So that means that they share the ball more than any other team, basically. Um, But their big thing is they are ranked last in marks per game. Last. Out of all 18 teams, they are last. Now, to show how good they are, Let's look at Richmond's fourth quarter in the last four rounds. <laughs> they have 170 points for 
and 45 points oh, again. No that way. is a percentage of 386 <laughs> In just the last six, quarter. Six. If you just take the fourth quarters from the first four rounds, if you want to know how to play the game and you want to know how to effectively win the game, just look at how Richmond do it. You don't need to mark the ball. You just need to work as a team, clearly. And that's clearly shown in their lack of height in the forward line. Um, and they have perfect role players like Josh Caddy. Josh Caddy has reinvigorated that that Richmond forward line. It's incredible. Yeah, he was a great pickup for yeah. Richmond. Um, it, yeah, Richmond's just doing something that not matter many other teams can contend with because they're so quick on yeah. their feet. I feel like I shouldn't be like hyping up Richmond, though. <laughs> just, that sounds like bragging. Um, I knew there'd be a good reason to have you on. Alex would never talk about Richmond in such a nice light. Um, but no, Richmond's 16th in clearances this year. Wow. And they say like clearances is like one of the most important things. They're 16th. The two teams below them are Essendon and St Kilda. Oh, okay. See? Carlton's above them. Oh, my God. And Brisbane's above them. <laughs> so Patrick Cripps is above all yeah, Patrick. Yeah, Patrick Cripps is above <laughs> Richmond in clearances, essentially. <laughs> Oh, that's insane. Oh, so but I think that's a really, really good look into how the game, especially since the like all of last week was around like the state of the game, like you said earlier, that this is the state of the game that they're we're in currently. Yeah, it's interesting because you still got like West Coast are playing a lot of tools at the moment, um, whereas Richmond's playing quite a small forward line. So there's more than one way to play the game. Um, there's a million ways to make it work. But yes, it is becoming a faster and faster game, yeah. which suits Richmond. Um, so I told you before that this is about Dane Zorko in a wider context. Yep. But it's about Dane Zorko. So Dane Zorko has had a rough patch over the past six weeks, but... Uh, this week against Collingwood, they basically played him back into form. He kicked th- uh, kicked four goals and had 34 touches. Great, incredible all-round performance, right? Yeah, just shows Collingwood's uh, defensive <laughs> midfield setup. <laughs> Some bar. They still won. It's a, it doesn't matter. But the coach of Brisbane said that they used a hotline of retired players and called them up, and they didn't name who they were, and they called up Zorko, and they helped him through by talking to them about their experiences when they were in rough patches. Now, you can assume they were all ex-Brisbane pre- uh, premiership players, such as Michael Voss or Jonathan Brown. and Simon people like Black. That, Simon Black, people like that. But I'm saying that we need to take this one step further, and we need to find other uses for retired players. So why don't we create a hotline of all retired players, and whenever you have a problem... You call them up, yep, and then they kind of help you. Yep. Yeah. So I've got some examples here. So let's call up Bob Murphy when you have an existential crisis and you need the answer <laughs> for the meaning of life. <laughs> I feel like that would work. Or yep. like selfless, uh, selflessness, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then calling up Matt Prittis when you decide to take up surfing at 45. <laughs> <laughs> He'll give you a cracking surfing lesson with those golden locks. Yep. Yeah, um, no, he has... The, well, the entire, like, GWS oh, team <laughs> and, like, the Hawthorne backline now has just, like, got all the mullets going, like... <laughs> that's a that's a, that's when you call them up for a different reason. Um, but the, these this one, I think, is really, really good. So when you're, like, a little, little, like, tight after a match and you want really, really good acupuncture... You know who you call? You call Brendan Favola because he knows where all the pressure points are. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to, like, I thought for, like, 
Brendan Bolly, well, Favola, sorry, you were going to do like, if you need to go to the toilet, like discreetly, <laughs> call up Brendan Favola. Like he'll know how to do it really discreetly. <laughs> and then the last one is you call Stephen Milmer for a PTSD therapy session because hopefully he can bounce back after that and get you back to a normal sense of life. Oh, my God, I really like that. Oh, I, like, I wonder if that, like, flashes back in his head every uh, now and then. So, yeah, like, in so his I everyday got, life. Yeah, so I got... Uh, inspired. So there was a documentary made by this amazing, um, like sport director. I, I can't even remember his name. He did he did the Western Bulldogs one, and he did one on the draw. Yeah, yeah? and he interviewed all these players, and it came up to the bounce because obviously that's like the most important part of that that game. And they go to Stephen Mill, and he goes looks directly in the camera, and he says. I've dreamt about that and I've had nightmares about that over a thousand times. So, Oh, that's rough. Yeah, apparently that is the case. I, I feel really sorry for him. Well, another one I can add to the mix is if you need to get, like, smothered with kisses, you'd get, like, Heath Shaw on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get Nick Riddle on the Don't line. Get... <laughs> <laughs> I really like that, Stephen Mill. I actually saw him play um, a few... About a year ago, he was playing in the Vaffa. Oh, uh, wow. My friend umpired the game. He was in the final. Uh, <laughs> he and Schneider were playing oh, in the same team, which is pretty great, cool. Yeah. I would not like to like be the defender oh, that has to man up. The back bucket on that. Yeah, like the 19 or 20-year-old who's just coming in for his first, first year of like, you know, Top quality buffer, and then he gets that assignment. <laughs> no thanks, um, Coach. I'll uh, go on the bench, <laughs> or in like the pregame one. I've done my hammy. Uh, I'm gonna have to be a laid out. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, so I really like yeah. that. Now I'm gonna talk about a very peculiar team at the moment because I actually can't figure out why they're good. Uh, North Melbourne <laughs> currently sit in the top eight. They've beaten Sydney on the weekend, and then they've beaten Hawthorne. Two mm-hmm. top eight sides. That's more than more top eight sides from this year that than Richmond's beaten. So they must be going better than Richmond, right? Obviously, that's how yeah, it works. That's how it works. No. So I'm going to throw seven statistics at you, and you're going to tell me why they're top eight. Okay. So they are fifteenth in clearances. Now I did just say a yeah. minute ago that Richmond was sixteenth, so that kind of hurts my case. They are seventeenth in disposal efficiency. Wow. <laughs> okay. They Continue. are fifteenth in marks. Okay. They are 15 in inside 50s. They are 14th in marks inside 50, and that's with, like, Ben Brown, Jared Waite, and Mason wow. Wood in that yeah, forward yeah, yeah. line. They are 14th in goal accuracy. So not only do they not get it in there often, they're not particularly accurate. accurate yeah. And they're okay. fourth in the league in turnovers. Like, fourth top. Like, wow. can Like, Maybe. I just don't understand why this team's very good, but it just comes down to the fact that this team tries. Yeah. I really respect that. You look at the list, and it's probably like a bottom six list in the league. Like, there's not enough young talent there to get you excited. There's a few stars in it, but, like, Sean Higgins is their best midfielder. And no offense to him, like, he wouldn't, he probably wouldn't be in my top 50 players in the league. Or he'd just yeah. be on, like, the edge of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Class yeah, player, but he's never been, like, a dominant player. He's been a very week-to-week player. Yeah. He's in the form of his life. But then, like, the rest of them just try. They give their all to this team. And that's why, like, people are talking about Brad Scott as, like, coach of the year so far. Because, like, Mm. I mean, he's got a terrible list, but he's getting everything out of them every week. And they might not be executing the best. Like, 17th in disposal efficiency is terrible. So they're not, like, 
the most efficient side ever, but they try. And that's like that's something that's really underrated in AFL football at the moment. You look at like Essendon, um, St Kilda, all those other teams with better lists than this team, but they're just not trying hard enough. Yeah, like I really respect what North Melbourne's doing at the moment. I don't think they'll be in the top eight come the end of the year. Oh wow, really? Okay. Um, I think there's a few better yeah, sides yeah. than them, but like they'll be there or thereabouts because they're just trying really hard. So like respect to North Melbourne. Like yeah. you guys are doing really good stuff, and I like I don't know. I just I wish Richmond had done this in like the early two thousands. <laughs> actually tried. My childhood was ruined by a team that wasn't really trying, unfortunately. <laughs> and saying that, it's going all right at the moment. Um, it's time for another joke of mine then. I'm not going to lie, this isn't going to live up to the hype of the first one, but I actually decided to do something different this week and like actually put my best joke first. Because what <laughs> okay. happens Open all the time open. is Alex and I put our best <laughs> jokes like second. So we actually just start the show not so well. So <laughs> trying something new this week. Um, for those who are keeping an eye on the news this week, uh, Petrarca essentially had his dog bite his finger and he actually had to have surgery on it because it got infected and he was actually almost at risk of losing his finger yeah, if he played the week before, <laughs> which is pretty, like, that's pretty full on. Yeah, I feel like that's not good enough dedication to the club, though. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. I was talking with our editor, um, Bridge, before this and he was like, no, he should be playing. Like, get out there. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, if And Bridge said if he was in that position, he would play. <laughs> I don't know if I'd lose a finger for it, though, but... Anyways, I have a theory, though. Like, don't get me wrong, he got it bitten, his finger bitten, but I feel like he blew it out of proportion, in the or the media did, for this one thing, and it was having a shot at Jordan Degoe. Now, Jordan <laughs> Degoe, for those who don't know, uh, claimed, I think it was two years ago, yeah, that um, ago. his dog had bit his finger when really he'd just gone to a nightclub and uh, got in a fight with someone and punched someone, which, I mean, dog is just the perfect excuse for that, obviously, right? Yeah, clearly. And, and I think, like, Petrarca's just like, well, no one trusts you, Dugowie. No one trusts you. But everyone trusts me because I've actually got an impeccable record. So people listen to me. So you should mind. It's mind game starting early. Yeah, exactly. He's actually just messing with him. And it's, but it's like... Interesting when you think about it, because Jordan Dugowie did start his career at Collingwood, <laughs> and the first thing he said to Nathan Buckley was, I won't let you down. <laughs> Proceeded to do anything but from there. <laughs> Anyways, what I have to say from this, though, there is a real lesson to be taken out of this whole situation, and this is for kids at school okay. who use the excuse, the dog ate our homework. <laughs> yeah. That ship has clearly sailed long ago. I just don't see that working anymore. Yeah. Like, we need to move on to a new generation of much-improved excuses that work. Because let's be honest, if you say, I don't know, I don't know what stupid excuses people use, like, I tripped over and the, the homework fell in <laughs> half or something like that, um, just doesn't work because it's just out of proportion. Whereas if you deliberately get your dog to bite your finger <laughs> and... <it> <laughs> And then you get an infection and you nearly lose your finger. That's as good a reason That's as any. Great, great reason. Like, the teacher has to accept that, especially if you've had surgery on your finger. So it's time it's time to go to the next level. It's time to say, Miss, my dog ate my finger <laughs> instead of my homework. It's time for a new generation. And that's what we're here for at AFL by Dummies, to educate the next generation. <laughs> great inspiration there, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. That's that's more inspiring than Essendon in the third quarter as well. 
<laughs> That's so good. Uh, no, I could just so see that happening in like schools around Melbourne. I tell you what, if future. like finger surgeries go up in the next week because of dog bites, like I'm gonna have to take like responsibility for that of some sort. And I'm sorry to all parents out there who have to foot the bills of these surgeries. Anyways, you're up with the statistic, Chrisa. Yes, I am. So this is a game slash statistic called Guess That Top Ten List. Okay. Yeah? So the 2018 AFL League total metres gained. Yeah? Do I have to guess the top ten on that list? You have to guess the top ten on that list. You can just mention players. I have the top 20 with me, so if you mention a player and they're in the top 20... I'll tell you. This um, is going to be difficult. Yeah, meters gained. This um, was really obscure. So it's just the best kicks in the game, essentially. So, well, it's not the best. It's because they don't really test accuracy, so it's just the most distance on the kick. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Um, and it's the stat that champion data and the AF and AFL coaches look for in terms of how not effective but uh, influential a player is. Yep. So there was a lot of talk that Tom Mitchell doesn't have a lot of metres gained. Oh, he's in the top ten. Yeah. Of <laughs> he's number five. Yeah, that was Buckley's whole excuse. Oh, he wasn't really hurting us. Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah, he's... So in seven games, he has a total metres gained of 3,389 metres. Where's he ranked? Five. Okay. Um, Dustin Martin has to be in the top ten. Nope, he's 11th. Uh, Andrew Gaff. Uh, I can't see him on the list of the top 20 at all. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. Um, then you've got to go players like Rory Laird and Jack yeah. McRae. Rory Laird's there. He is 12th, though. This is and Jack McRae really... is not in the top 20. Whoa. This is going to be more difficult than I thought. Uh, Steel side bottom. Nope, not in there. Is, is he even in the top 20? No. Nah. This is a real... Uh, Isaac Smith. Yeah, he's sixth with 3,313 metres gained. Damn, I've been put under the pump here. Um, who else could it be? Uh, James... Oh, Sicily hasn't played like half the year, though. He's been like yeah, he's stepping been, on people, which has yeah. stopped him from actually playing. Uh, Luke Shuey? No, not there. <sighs> I think I might need a bailout soon. Um, I've got a few more that I can test. Um, Travis Boak. Nope. Any Richard- You're on the right track in terms of the positions. I think that's a that that's a Kate Simpson. Give. Yeah, he's number three. Three thousand six hundred ninety-nine meters in seven games. Hurley. No. No. None no. for Hurley. He's uh, nineteen actually. Um, Seedsman. Yeah, he's number one. He's number one. Paul Seedsman is the most meters gained. Well, I feel like I can like now like just like yeah. Savage was going to be my last guess. Yeah, and he's where is Savage? No, it's not Savage. It's a uh, Seb Russ is fourth. Um, so that's the St Kilda player. Uh, Nathan Wilson for Fremantle is number two. Um, Should have got that. Yeah, and then Isaac Smith is sixth. Jared Pollock from Port Adelaide. That's the Port Adelaide representative there. Yep. Um, Heath Shaw, obviously, that's his entire game. Um, Riley Bonner for Port Adelaide is ninth. That's a huge... That's, that, that's really I big. would have never got that in, like... Like, you'd have to give me 200 guesses and I might get there eventually. Yeah, yeah. And 
rounding out the tenth is uh, Bryce Gibbs from Adelaide with three thousand one hundred and forty-nine. Just say, just a side note. I love the fact that you said Bryce Gibbs at Adelaide. That's just, <laughs> it's a great statement. No, it's it's a really underrated stat. And you look at like Paul Seedsman and um, yeah. like he's pretty unknown in terms of like as you said before, like the elite players. But he's playing incredibly at the moment. He's filling the void of um, the Crouch brothers and well Brody Smith and in Smith, particular. Yeah. yeah. That, that it's a really, really interesting list because a lot of those players on that list aren't even considered like the best or most influential players in their team other than Tom Mitchell and maybe Cade Simpson, but even Patrick Cripps is the like poster child for Carlton. So other than that, it's a huge list. Like even Jake Lloyd is 13th and that's the Sydney representative. He's, he's one of the most underrated players in the game. Yeah. No, it's a very important stat um, yeah. meters gained. And, yeah, coaches definitely do look at it. I'm going to talk about something which I honestly didn't think I would ever talk about on this show. Like, the fact that I have to talk about it, like, when the news came out, it was kind of mandatory. But the fact that I have to is kind of like, oh, why do I have to do this? So, The Recruit is an AFL reality TV show is what they call it, or a reality <laughs> AFL t- TV show. But, like, anything with reality and TV in the same, like, sentence is just like not working and then you add AFL in there as well. It's just a bad idea. <laughs> it's a bad idea to begin with, yeah. yes. It gets worse from there though, which I am sure I'm going to detail and don't worry, this will all make relevance at some point. Makes sense, sorry. So, the idea of the show is they pick some contestants who are over the age of 20 and never been on an AFL list and haven't played state footy in the past two years to like this combined sort of thing and essentially it's kind of like a MasterChef style like <laughs> tournament where you start off with 50 people and you wear your way down and then they have a draft at the very end and like the number one draft um, the winner gets to get drafted by an AFL list so only one person that gets that but that's a pretty cool like price yeah, yeah that's pretty that's pretty cool um i wonder how much they had to pay the afl clubs to take <laughs> one of these people um so like it's like i get the prize is good but the actual whole idea of the show isn't great and it gets worse from there because you see you think for like a tv show like this and you're trying to get these players onto an afl list the coach would be like someone who succeeded at afl um, level as a coach mm-hmm. now this player has succeeded as a player he's one of the best players of um the 2000s didn't quite nail it as a coach though so michael voss yep. was the coach on the recruit for the first season i'm going to tell you his uh win rate as coach in the AFL was 39%. And it, but it's worse because in the first season he coached Brisbane with 13 wins, a draw, and eight losses. That was in 2009. They were a respectable side. Yeah. And then in the next two seasons, they were 7-15 and 15 and 4-18. and 18. Oh, my God. So they fell off a cliff essentially once he got there. And, like, he had, he had a 16% win rate against Richmond sides. In the late 2000s, early 2010s, Richmond were nothing. Like, the fact that you have a 16% win rate against Richmond is awful. Um, essentially, we all understand why there was only two seasons of this show <laughs> produced now, because yes. it didn't go so well for obvious reasons. Now, why did I bring this all up? Well, so, the winner gets drafted to an AFL side, and on the weekend, one of them played. Oh, my God. So, on the weekend, Matt Eagles debuted for Brisbane. But I have a few problems with this. So the pri- so he debuted for Brisbane. The prize is meant to be that you get to drafted by an AFL side. <laughs> wow. <laughs> if, someone can, if someone can convince me why I should 
like treat Brisbane as an AFL side, I'm listening. I'm all ears. At the moment, them and Carlton <laughs> aren't quite meeting the mark. Now... Even worse, though, why is someone with the surname Eagles at the Lions? Yeah, that was my first first question. <laughs> like, I looked league-wide. He's the only person on any list league-wide that has a surname that's, like, one of the mascots. <laughs> like, whoever is the West Coast Eagles, like, list manager out there or the draft manager... Yeah. You need to lighten up. <laughs> there was someone called Matt Eagles in the draft and you didn't draft him. I understand that this is like your job and it's like professional, but like sometimes you have to have a little laugh. <laughs> if he's not at the Eagles at the end of the year. Then like, yeah, it, the West Coast <laughs> manager should be fired, fired, honestly. Like that's just ridiculous. But also the most obvious one for me is how desperate must Brisbane be that they have to play someone that won from an AFL reality TV show? <laughs> Like, where is the depth at this side? They're meant to be a bunch of schoolboys. Now they're just like a group of schoolboys. And one 28-year-old who couldn't make it onto a state league roster. That's that for the... I feel like that's really sad. (laughs) He actually had an okay game, 11 disposals, 4 marks down back. Um, Not too bad, not too bad. He gave away three free kicks, though. (laughs) So, uh... Like, it was an okay game. Don't expect him to hold his spot for too long. But yeah. oh, I just couldn't believe that when it said the recruit player is playing, debuting on the weekend. I was just like, I never wanted to talk about this. <laughs> but I can't refuse. It, this cannot be ignored. No, that's that's actually ridiculous. Oh, on so many levels. Just the fact that he was on a TV show... <laughs> In order to become, like, an AFL player, that's the path that he took. Like, when he's going to tell his, like, kids, like, the reason he got to play for (laughs) AFL was that I won a TV show. I worked hard through my entire childhood and then gave up and went to an AFL TV show. It was interesting because in the article they described him as an AFL reality TV star. (laughs) (laughs) Not even a player. Star. No, but he's not a star. No one knows about him. He's a star on the screen. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Watch it. He's going to be the next Patrick Dangerfield. (laughs) Anyways, Uh, what have you got for us, Cruiser? So, this... I'm going to preface this. This is going to be a little bit ranty because I'm done. It's over. Okay? (laughs) I've had enough. I'm putting... These people on notice. I went on the AFL website this morning and I saw an article. This was the headline. Royal Wedding Trump's Saints Pies on 7. This is the byline. Why wouldn't it? Channel 7 has confirmed it will show the Royal Wedding on its main channel on the Saturday 19th of May, meaning that the night's AFL action will be on 7, mate. Yep. I'm done. It's no longer Australian when the royal wedding <laughs> takes precedence over football. I'm calling it now. This is the point where we as a society, society collectively decide to, decide to become a republic. <laughs> there is no room for a monarchy. This is the final straw. Normally, I would say we have to wait until Queen Elizabeth passes away before we get on the republic bandwagon. However... Denying Australian sport in HD because Seven Mate is not in HD <laughs> is too far. It's un-Australian Channel 7. <laughs> How could you? We trusted you. We let it slip when you kept roaming Brian on for another year. We let it slip when you showed the Sunday afternoon 
game on a delay. We will prob- probably let it slip when you lobby for a night grand final just because it's in prime time. But this, this we cannot let slip. Now let's read on to find out which game we're missing. Oh, it's Collingwood versus St Kilda. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. It's okay. You can you can you can put the royal wedding. I don't really mind. Take that all back. Yeah, take that back. <laughs> it's fine. It's Collingwood St Kilda. Doesn't matter. Full monarchy now. Yeah, I'm I'm all I'm all on board. <laughs> I'm on the Queen Lizzie train. I was thinking where you're going with that because I'm like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I would do a lot of things to not watch Saints Pies at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> like that's almost worth doing a list for. <laughs> Like I literally did a list last week about what's more what I would rather do than watch um, Western Bulldogs Carlton on Friday night footy. Like I feel like this just falls under the same, same blanket, the same category. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> like if they were like I don't know West Coast Richmond or something along those lines, top of the table clashes, then then we have a serious problem. But like no issues whatsoever. Go about yeah. your way seven. I think I jumped the gun too. Roaming it. Brian needs to stop <laughs> at some it. point. <laughs> he went into the umpire rooms last week <laughs> and started asking them all questions about how they do the brown low thing, and it's like, uh, like I mean, that's pretty secret for a reason. Yeah. Oh, it's really bad. <laughs> Anyways, no, I like that. We're just going to do a quick recap of the show. Cruiser uh, won three two, so it gets a win first week. Oh, Alex will you. be pretty thank happy you. with thank that because um, you and Alex are scoring together. So I just got to beat the both of you. No, I really did like your uh, GWS missing persons one. Um, we've never done something like that. I've ne- it's never occurred to me to do something like that. It's like uh, pretty like generic some of the time, but like I really liked it. Thank like, you, thank you. No, and um, it was a good show. I did enjoy like bandwagoning on um Essendon, just giving them, you know, a bit of stick here and there. Has never done anyone any harm. And then <laughs> your uh, your end segment talking about the royal wedding made my day. I, I, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm like that was a bit, but I'm genuinely disappointed in Channel Seven. <laughs> I'm like, this is me, and I'm genuinely disappointed <laughs> still. But oh. your stat on North Melbourne, very, very interesting. I want to see how that progresses across the year. Yeah, because I, I don't, I we'll get we'll get to tipping, but I don't. Know. We'll see how they go, they go in terms of games like played, I guess, rather than statistics and point, points on the board. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting how the top eight ends up at the end of the year. God knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Friday night, we get a good Friday night game. Finally. Hawthorne Sydney at the MCG. I know I'm going to this game. Like, oh. it's just going to be a great game to yeah. go to. Uh, what do you think? So you're you're Sydney boys yeah, we, down in I, Melbourne. We barely ever lose two in a row. This is a this is a danger game in terms of. Uh, I always whenever I picture like playing Hawthorne, I always picture losing in the dying minutes, no matter who <laughs> who would it, like, no matter whether it happened or not. I know that happened last time. Last time with Ruffhead, it happened the time before with Rioli. So I'm a bit stressed, but I'm still gonna tip. Sydney. Sydney. Yeah, but, margin. Uh, yeah, oh, we'll say s- nine points. Yeah, I'm going to go Hawthorne for this game yeah. at the MCG. They're playing really well there. Hawthorne by 13. In what's going to be a great game, and I can't wait to go, the last uh, Hawthorne game that I went to was Geelong-Hawthorne. Oh, what a game, what a game. Yeah, so uh, the expectations are set pretty high. Second game, another great game. This is actually a round of pretty good games. Um, we're going to learn a lot about teams this round. Is a GWS West Coast 
at GWS is the important part of this West yeah. Coast have been bullying teams at home. Um, but are we going to call them? Yeah, this is this is it. This is whether whether we determine that they're flat track bullies or not. Well, also is GWS like are they going to be found this week, Cruiser? Like, is <laughs> anyone going to find them and like return them? Maybe, maybe. Um, I can't. I I just can't see them winning without all their players though. Uh, I think it's a new West Coast, so I'm going to tip West Coast in this one. Normally I'm meant to go different, but I, yeah, I'm going to go different. Uh, GWS is going to win this by 10 points. Uh, I think this is the sort of one that they just cannot lose. Like, mm-hmm. this is the game that they can't drop, otherwise they fall in the pack. Um, whereas yeah. West Coast can afford to lose this game. So, GWS for me. And the next game, oh, big Big game here. <laughs> Carlson Essendon. I feel a joke coming on next week about this game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Carlton might actually have a chance here. Uh, I'm tipping Carlton. You're tipping uh, Carlton. Yeah. yeah, I'm calling it. This is where they get rid of the naught in their wins column. I'm calling it now. Going to win. Oh, I really like this. Um, I'm still going to go Essendon because like, they couldn't afford to drop last week's game. They definitely can't afford to drop this game. Their season is officially over if they lose this game, whereas if they win it, they're still hanging on for dear life. Mm-hmm. Um, Essendon's going to win this by 32. I just can't see Carlton kicking a winning score. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I don't know. He's joked and... There's like an injury cloud over Joe Danaher, though, so we'll, we'll see how that progresses. Maybe they're better without him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, the next game is the Suns versus the Demons at in Brisbane, but at the Gabba, not at Metricon. Um, that's a big game because I could see Melbourne winning away, or that would be I could see that happening. I, I just I don't don't know where any of the talent of the Suns going to go. Yeah, they were without their two captains last week. Um, they're still going to be without Tom Lynch for this week, but they might get back Stephen May. Um, yeah, Gold Coast, I mean, they've still got three wins, so they're only three and four, but they just haven't been playing good footy in a while. So I think Melbourne wins this. Melbourne's starting to heat up. Yeah, um, Melbourne's going to win this by 22. And then the next game, this what a great game this is going to be. Like, this is, I think, the game I'm most looking forward to this round. Um like, this is more than Sydney Hawthorne. Port Adelaide, Adelaide. Showdown. The showdown. Oh. And, like, a lot on the line here. Adelaide has started off the season just as well as they did last. Um, they're sitting in third despite all the injuries. <laughs> That's happening to all their players. Um, Port Adelaide haven't started as well as they would have liked, but they're still four and three, so they're only really one game off the pace. Huge game. And Huge. I'm going to go Port Adelaide. You are? I wow. just don't think this is one they can afford to lose. Um, they yeah. want to finish top four. Yeah, I could see that. I think I'm going to tip Adelaide just for the difference. Um, Getting in the spirit of things on yeah. AFL by dummies. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's oh, that'll, that'll be a cracking game. Hopefully it's not like uh, a dud in terms of scoring. Um, hopefully it's fast-paced and a close game. I think we'll get that from yeah. these two teams. Um, uh, yeah. Definitely fingers pr- crossed, though. We move on to Saturday night footy, which is Western Bulldogs Brisbane. <laughs> why the showdown didn't get the set? The showdown is at 5.10. Can someone explain to me why that showdown should be- I-, I understand that like there's different time slots, but they do plenty of Adelaide games at 7.20. This got the twilight spot, and then Western Bulldogs Brisbane and Fremantle St Kilda got 
the two. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I really don't understand the scheduling. Neither. Like we said last week, it's my favourite thing on the footy agenda is scheduling. Um, I'm going to go Western Bulldogs in this one. Yeah. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Um, Brisbane just not playing well enough to win a game at the moment. They're trying hard, though. Kudos yeah. to them. Western Bulldogs by 22. Yeah, same. Uh, and then Bulldogs. the next one, Fremantle. I'm going to use my 50-point buffer for this game. Fremantle St Kilda. The last time I used my 50-point buffer and was correct was Frio Western Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. And Frio did it for me because it was at home. They're going to do it for me again. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good one. Can I ask a question about the 50-point? Can it, can it be at the end? Can I say at the end of the game? Can the final well, match I be mean, 50 points? you're just not as adventurous in your tipping, though, are you? Okay. okay. Whereas I'm going, like, Fremantle's going to be at 55 minutes into the third quarter. Yeah, okay. Um, who are you tipping for that game? Uh, definitely Frio. Um yeah, I think St Kilda are in a world of pain at the moment. Yeah, they're not going to win for a while. Yeah, like I, when they win their next game, I'm going to start talking about them. Um, I think it's a bit mean now. Yeah, got to wait till the team has two wins, right? Even yeah, if yeah, that's yeah. round twenty-three. <laughs> um, North Melbourne Richmond, interesting game because it's at Etihad. Richmond don't play there all too often. Yeah, this is this is too big. Is this this is the second game that Richmond's playing with the top eight team? If I'm correct, third. So Adelaide, Adelaide Hawthorne, Hawthorne, and it'll be North now. Yeah, okay. And then the North is playing someone around, like, the top of the table, so we'll find out who North are. Um, I'm going to go wild here. I'm going to put my 50-point here. Richmond by 50 points, <laughs> 10 minutes to go in the last quarter. Yeah. I'm going to put a little, like, asterisk, saying it's going to be even at three-quarter time. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to finish really strongly. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to tip Richmond for yeah. that one. They're... It'll be a good game, though, North put in a good effort so we'll see what happens and this is the most intriguing game for the round for oh, me wow. so the most so, the so like the one I'm most interested by is Port Adelaide mm-hmm. um, Port and Adelaide sorry um, but this is the most intriguing one seeing Collingwood against Geelong at the MCG I think I'm going to go Collingwood here oh big call Pendles is in doubt still going to call Collingwood yep Wow, that's that's huge. That's huge. I I don't know with their midfield. I don't see. I think Gablet's coming back this week. I think that there's there's no better stage than Collingwood the G for to bring back Gary Ablett. Hopefully they'll manage him this time better. So I'm going to tip Geelong. Fair um, enough. Yeah. Well, that uh, wraps up our tip and uh, wraps up our first episode of not only myself hosting, but you being on, Creaser. Thanks Thank for you. joining me. I, it's much better with you than it would be just me. Imagine me just talking <laughs> for an hour on radio. Uh, no way people would find that entertaining. Um, it's official, by the way, guys. I know we've talked about it in previous weeks, but it's official as of today. The Facebook page is up. All the links are on there that you could need if you want to listen back to the podcast or if you want to listen um, to this live on the SIN website. Everything's there that you could need. Um, I'll be posting whenever we post the episodes out. We usually try and post them out on Wednesday. So if you can't watch it live, then at least watch it then. I might even post a thing or two during the weekend if something uh, catches my attention from the football. Um, That's up to my discretion, though, I guess. Anyways, um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, From us here at AFL by Dummies, myself, Chuck. Crazy. Have a nice (laughs) afternoon. Have a nice afternoon, everyone.